What's up, peeps? We're back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast edition of the AEW Insider. As always, we got a great show. Definitely check out our YouTube under the AEW Insider. I got some great wrestling videos on there, and I have part three of part four of my top 40 NES games of all time. And part four of the final part will be up either Sunday or more likely Monday. So definitely show us some love. Uh, we got a great show. Like I said, we only got one AEW story, but we got a lot of WWE news and some random wrestling news. It's going to be a good show. Another WWE wrestler who was on the main roster has been accused of sexual assault. Uh, you got Matt Seidel and Rob Van Dam, who are advocates of marijuana pot smoking, talking about it, plus a lot more. So let's get to the show. AEW. Now, there are rumors that AEW Dynamite might be selling tickets again very soon. As of right now, if they do, they will keep the shows at the Daily Center in Florida because it is an open-air arena. And if it does work out, then they can just look for other open arenas around the country. I mean, I know there's one not even 10 minutes from me, Montage Mountain, and they could do shows there. Come to find out, they had at least 60 people in attendance at the fighter festivals that they had over the last two weeks. So we'll see how that goes. It would be great to do it because, like I said, besides NXT TakeOvers, uh, AEW Dynamite is amazing in the sea live it's such a good time so it'd be great to see them putting on shows again but of course only if it's safe uh they're gonna you're gonna have to wear masks the sanitizer all that hoopla all right on the wwe now i reported that wwe plans for the eye versus eye match to make it look real and they have a person actually lose their eye not actually but make it look like they lost their eye it has been revealed that cgi computer-generated graphics will be, excuse me, used to act like Seth or Rey Mysterio really damaged their eye, like they lost it. Now, I don't mind CGI if it's done right, but I know in horror movies, which I'm a number one fan of, whenever they do blood or bullet wounds, or even like an open wound, like uh, Carl's Eye in The Walking Dead, it just looks like shit that looks fake. So I predict it will look like shit, but we will have to stay tuned and see if they can actually pull it off. I'm not too hopeful, though. Well, another main roster star might fall prey to the Speaking Out movement. Ex-Evolve champion and current Raw star Austin Deary has been accused of sexual misconduct. WWE has not responded yet, but if bad enough, he will be pulled from Raw. They waited a while to give these guys a chance. They didn't get rid of him so quickly like they did with Enzo Amore. I mean, with Jack Gallagher, they did and maybe two others, but who knows the story? Maybe they were, like, confirmed it was real serious or they just didn't give a fuck. But we see if you got a little clout in the company or you have potential, like the Velveteen Dream. You know what I mean? He hasn't been on TV, but he hasn't been fired. Matt Riddle's still killing it on fucking SmackDown. And uh, we'll see what they do with actually Austin Theory. I mean, that dude's a huge talent. He's going to be a huge, huge world champion one day. He's been champion wherever he's went and it'd be fucked up to see him lose it. I mean, if he did do it, then of course I'd fire his ass ASAP. But if not, to me, there's always three sides to the story. Both sides, and then you got to determine the truth. So you're innocent until proven guilty. We'll see what comes out of what happens with Austin Theory, because it definitely, it could, it could hold the future in his hands, that lady. So we'll see what happens. 
Uh, last month, I did report that AJ Styles was pissed at Paul Heyman for not sticking up for Gallows and Anderson when they were going to get fired. And that's the reason why he wanted to get moved to SmackDown. Well, on AJ's recent live stream, he actually talked about the situation. AJ Styles said, when it came to Paul Heyman and a rumor about me being upset with him because he didn't take up for Gallows and Anderson before they got released, that's not what it is at all. Not even close. I'll give you a snippet of what me, Gallows, and Anderson already know. He's a liar. Now you know. I'm sure if you go back to ECW days, you'll hear that. He's a bold-faced liar. So obviously, well, he might be saying that, but I believe him. So obviously, it's probably that they maybe wouldn't get fired when the rumors are around or Gallows and Anderson were supposed to get a push or when the firing started to happen, he told them it wouldn't happen or they were supposed to get moved together. Who knows? But I mean, Paul Heyman is notorious for lying. People who are working close to him side by side, Tommy Dreamer, uh, excuse me, Bubba Ray Dudley, Taz, even though they have a good relationship with Paul Heyman, they all say the same thing. They'll tell ECW stories when he would call people and say the checks in the mail that never fucking came and shit. So who knows, man? All right, peace. We got to pay some bills real quick. Like I said, we got a great show. We got uh, some stories, of, a story about Keith Lee, about him maybe going to the main roster and advice that The Undertaker gave him. Like I said, Rob Van Dam and Matt Riddle talk about pot smoking. Uh, we got stories about Enzo Amore, well, excuse me, Enzo Amore, Luke Gallows, what have you. So definitely tune back in. We'll be right back with the rest of the show. All right, peeps, welcome back. Remember, if you want to win a Chris Jericho Series 1 action figure, you got to stick around to the end of the show to find out how you can enter and win. And show us some love on all major podcasting platforms, also on Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider, and on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1, as in the number one. Let's get to that Keith Lee story. Now, dual champion Keith Lee did an interview with Bleacher Report, and he touched on his journey. Advice Undertaker gave him, and possibly being called up. On Lee being from an all, a raw extra that Triple H beat up in 2009 to being an NXT dual champion, Lee said, It always tickles me so much to look back and be like, Man, that guy was beating me up a little bit over a decade ago. Now I'm sitting here getting the finger point photo, excuse me, finger point photo, and get out a double serving of it. It's something real special. It's one of those things that you have to cherish. And that's got to be a great feeling. Because you know Triple H is always posing with his champions when they get the belts. And he's proud of the NXT roster. So to be an extra that he smacked around about 10 years ago, to be in a double champion and giving you props, it's got to feel fucking stupendous. What Lee said about Undertaker giving him advice. Lee said, even before I made it to WWE, and he doesn't remember it, but he gave me a bit of knowledge only a few years into the sport, and then he gave me more and more recently. <clears throat> he said, I cherish these things and try to show them. Not only do I listen, I apply what they say. I want these guys to know in case we never got to hang out again, or whatever it may be, that I will do my best to uphold and uplift them with everything that I do in the spot. And that is crazy true because you hear about a lot, a lot of old Ted's backstage giving these young guys advice and then the people don't use it. And they do get a little pissed off at times. So that's great that he does incorporate it in when he can and he shows them some props. And on about Keith Lee being called up to Raw Smackdown, he said, I very much believe in making the most of my present, but I also am a very strategic human being. For me, it isn't just about my present. 
I'm also looking into the future and I try to think of ways that I can facilitate more competition and try to capitalize on my own wins and my own accolades and make everything mean as much as it possibly can. Because when you make what you do something special, those moments mean even so much more. Now, Edge did an interview with Peter Rosenberg. The topic of Matt Hardy and Edge's real-life affair with Lita was brought up, and Edge was pretty candid about it. Edge said about how close he and Matt Hardy actually were. He said, Edge and Christian and the Hardys were great buddies. We would go to the Outback after and grab a bite to eat. We had to be spitball ideas for matches and all those things. We didn't ride together. It was never that. It was always me and Jay or me and Lance. And he's talking about Jay Christian or Lance Storm. He said, but we were obviously close. We made our mark together. He's talking about the TLC matches. He said, so when you do that, you're sharing something special that you only share with them and you throw the Dudleys into the mix and we will always share that experience together. After everything went down, I realized, okay, oh gosh, how did I find myself here? What did I do? Now I got to face up to it. On how he and Matt took a seemingly bad situation and found positives in it. He said, you got to be pros. And also, back to my point of finding the positives when it doesn't seem like there are any on the surface. You got to dig underneath the surface. This was one of those. And you go, okay, we're here. Now what do we do? Well, let's try to make some money together. Let's try to further both of our careers out of this. And hopefully, uh, we could be better, excuse me, be stronger performers, but also stronger people. And that usually doesn't happen within a context of a re- context of a wrestling storyline. So it's a little bit more because of that. And that's what I remembered. And I think in terms of us kind of splitting off from Edge and Christian and the Hardys respectively, I think that was one set that that's what set everything in motion going forward. And for Lita as well, because that flipped her entire character on its head and she was able to adapt and take it and run with it. Uh, and if you said two years earlier, she, I mean, excuse me, she was able to run with it. She's probably the most popular female in the industry and could be end up being despised, and that's not possible. So he fucked up a little bit at the end, so did I. But he's sitting there saying, like, you wouldn't think of it two years before that, but she was pretty much forced in that situation with the storyline because of those guys hooking up, and she made the best of it, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I mean, Edge Christian and the ladder match and the Dudleys were awesome, but that sucks when that shit happens behind the scenes because it kind of broke everything up. It definitely broke the Hardy Boys up, even though they didn't have beef, but it Lita went over with Edge. Uh, they had great storylines, but Matt and Jeff split apart. They wanted to be singles, and you've seen what happened to the Hardys. Uh, on how his relationship with Jeff Hardy was, even though he had issues with Matt. He said, we went through a period, as I think any brother who would support his brother would do. But then we came out of it on the backside, and I think we all realized we ended up in better places anyway. We all grew from it. It's just a lousy way to do it, but that's all you can do. That's life. That's pretty crazy, man, because really they usually don't talk about that. We got to take a break. We got the random news coming in. Like I said, I got some news. It's one story, this one, with Enzo, the Good Brothers, Mike and Maria Canellas. Got a story about them. Like I said, we got the RVD and a Matt Seidel, and you got a little bit more. So definitely tune back in. We'll be right back, peace. I'm rambling on here. All right, peeps, let's wrap up the show. We're done with, done with WWE for this episode. Let's get on to some random wrestling and sporting news. Now, Enzo Amore, the Good Brothers, Mike and Maria Canellis even, were filming an event today. 
Ringside News reported that Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Rocky Romero from New Japan shot Talk and Shop a Mania today, according to the Wrestling Inc. It was quite a big show full of several notable pro wrestling names. And I did see pictures of that. I had Gallows and Anderson in some crazy costumes on top of the band. So that should be good to see. I'm pretty sure it's premiering on Fight TV. Don't quote me. It says the stars that appeared on the show included Enzo Amore, Heath Slater, Willie Mack, Kurt Hawkins, The Rock and Roll Express, Mike Bennett, Maria Canellas, Chavo Guerrero, Scotty Diamore, Johnny Swinger, Teddy Long, Hala Hala Hala, Tyson Dean, Ravens Flock, Sick Boy, Lodi, Reese, Scotty Riggs, D'Lo Brown, and more. It was reported that this event will include matches and some outrageous skits. One match has a boner match stipulation to play off the Boneyard match. The WrestleMania cinematic match also marked the final appearances for Gallows and Anderson prior to their release. And like I was saying, Talk and Shop a Mania will air on Fight TV Saturday, August 1st. I gotta see how much that is. If that's only $10 or $15, I'll definitely buy that because that sounds like a great fucking show. And trust me, on the independent show, they could do some crazy shit. Even though Joey Ryan's a piece of shit and he's kicked out of wrestling pretty much in shun i went last wrestlemania weekend to his first annual joey ryan's penis party i think it was over two nights actually and that was joey Janela's. but i went to joey ryan's penis party friday night and it was a fucking outrageous crazy show so this talking shop of mania sounds great too i might have to check that out now, even though Heath Slater made a final farewell on Monday Night Raw, he really did not want to do it. Drew McIntyre actually was a big part of him returning, as well as Slater's wife. While speaking to Sport Talk, McIntyre said, The moment at the end was very special, and I was very much pushing for that idea to happen. I think I saw something on the internet saying I was behind it, and I'm thinking, how are they going to, how did they get in this information? But yeah. I played a big part in making it happen, and to be honest, Heath was a little bit against it, and I spoke to my wife right before the phone call that I made to Heath to try to convince him to come back to the show for the segment. She reminded me of how I felt at the time, when I was released, and sure enough, he felt the same. He appreciated the opportunity with WWE. It was where he made his name, but mentally, he's moved on. He's ready for the next stage, and he's not sure about going backwards. So I made it clear to him, like, trust me. This isn't going to be anything like you've done. The first thing I did outside WWE was ICW, and I showed my real personality, and it caused a buzz and went viral on the underground. But if you get the chance to show your real personality on Raw, that's going to set you on the right course. I know he's been working out hard, so people will get to see what he looks like now, and it also advances our story. Everybody wins. We finally got him on board, got him on the show, and he absolutely killed it, just like I knew he would. And I told you guys that Heath Slater looks jacked. He had obviously called the doctor feel good that uh, Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre used when they were gone. He's going to be on, I'm pretty sure, Slammiversary. He's going to make his debut. Don't uh, quote me. But he's got a job. He's got kids. He's going to be killing it. In a couple years, WWE will be bringing him back. Trust me. And finally, Matt Seidel and RVD did an interview with High Time Magazines. Like I said, both are out in the open pot smokers. Here's what they had to say. RVD on adding the aspect into his character after seeing an RVD 420 sign in the ECW crowd. He said, I just immediately identified with it. I thought I would love to be the poster boy for weed because I love weed that much. I do too, if you don't know, I have to agree. I got my card though, don't judge me. 
uh, RBD on Stephanie McMahon talking to him about smoking pot while in the WWE. She said, look, if you're going to get high, at least be discreet about it. So he was probably getting all fucked up. For years, I heard WWE shun the weed thing, but that's not true, honestly. Actually, they let a lot of people smoke weed, especially now you still can. But I heard, actually, that Matt Seidel got fired from that. I don't know, boy. We'll get to him in a minute. And on RBD losing his titles and being suspended after being arrested for possession of 18 grams of pot. He said, no trial, no nothing. It was way better before I got busted. When I came back, ECW was going downhill fast to its ultimate destruction. Now, on the Matt Seidel, he used to be Evan Bourne in WWE. He got injured a couple times, and then I know he had a couple of wellness policy violations, and then he was gone. Uh, Seidel, unknown pot smokers, being tested more often in WWE. He said, right away in my developmental stage at wrestling with WWE, it sort of became an issue of me having to play the game of, can I smoke today, or am I worried about getting tested? Seidel on risking failed drug tests to treat pain-related injuries. The consequences were extremely steep, and the psychological consequences were even harder. The failed drug tests hurt my self-confidence because a failure implied that I was a person of bad moral character. And finally, Seidel on being ostracized for smoking pot. I felt like I was almost persecuted for my personal choices. After each failed test, I felt more like a failure, and I had no clue how to handle that chain. And that's one thing too, man. Once you get busted, they're going to be on your ass and always ride you. And if you got a habit, you can't stop. I was 16. I went to Job Corps because I wasn't in a great place back then. And like an asshole, before I left with my two good buddies, Nathan and Bobo, if you're listening, you know, it was you guys. We spoke pot in Bobo's house and it was a great time. We just talked about memories and how much I was going to miss my boys, blah, blah, blah. But I went to Job Corps and they piss test you as soon as you get in. And I came up hot. And trust me, compared to other people there, all of people test the positive we got tested all the time and it wasn't good all right peeps if you want to win a la champion aew action figure you got to go to our youtube channel it's the aew insider you have to be a excuse me a subscriber if you're not make sure you do that so subscribe to the channel after that pick any video your little heart desires and like share and comment so be subscribed to our YouTube at the AEW Insider, like, share, and comment any video, and as soon as they ship the Chris Jericho action figure, right now it's saying August, I'll do a wheel, pick a winner, and I'll send it to your house. But remember, I see you guys subscribing, and I love you. Thank you, man, because I need some subs, but a lot of people aren't liking, a lot of people aren't commenting, and I'll definitely a lot aren't sharing. If you want to be in a contest and win the figure, you have to do all four of those things. When I spin the wheel and your name's not in there, or you didn't win and you're emailing me and you're all pissed it's your own fault so go to the aew insider on youtube be a subscriber like share and comment on any video and boom you're qualified to win the action figure uh definitely we are to youtube check out our other videos i got great wrestling videos i got horror movie videos i've got a uh, excuse me, things to watch when you're quarantined videos. I got the top 40 NES games of all time, plus a lot of other stuff. There's a lot of good content on there, so definitely check it out if you're bored. Uh, remember to check us out on all major podcasting platforms, also on Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider, and on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1 as a number one. Tomorrow Sunday, I'll have a new wrestling video up on YouTube, and Sunday or Monday will be part four of the best NES games of all time. So check it out, peace. I'll see you soon. Ciao.